1: Welcome, you're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. My two regular co-hosts, Mark Honf and Nam Phan, are off today. Uh, We will have a special guest in just a minute here, uh, but our phone number is 888-912-1190. You're going to use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is miscellaneous trivia. Our special guest today, who is on with us right now, is reverse mortgage specialist, Mary Jo LaFay. Mary Jo, welcome back to The Best of Investing. As you've been our guest a couple of times. How are you? I'm
2: doing good. Thank you.
1: Good. Now, um, have there been a lot of changes in the reverse mortgage uh, business the last few years?
2: Well, Edward, there are always a lot of changes in the reverse mortgage business. Right, okay. <laughs> It's an ever-changing space, and uh, luckily, most of the changes we're getting are improvements. Our most recent change is our jumbo reverse mortgage, which is one of the most popular loans in California because it will loan up to $4 million. Oh,
1: wow.
2: We raised the loan-to-value ratio on those loans just recently, a few weeks ago. So um, the interest rates are holding steady. They're about... um, 60% 40, 60% less than they were four years ago when they brought the jumbo uh, reverse mortgage back on the market after the 2008 crisis. Okay. Uh, they were gone for about 10 years and they brought them back. Uh, they were a high interest rate and they've slowly whittled away and they've gotten lower and lower. So now we have a fixed rate um, at uh, 49 uh, that's not the APR, so we have to quote APR, which I can't do unless I have more information from a yeah. borrower, um, but just to, to let you know a starting point. And uh, then we also have it available as a credit line, so um, uh-huh. those are popular. People can get $4 million to pay for care and so forth without having to qualify for that large loan since it is gotcha. a repayment-deferred loan.
1: And what uh, what's the highest loan to value? I the
2: value is around 70%. I actually oh, have good. a gentleman right now in Mill Valley who just turned a hundred and uh, we're refinancing his reverse for the second time, huh. to get him more money and potentially at a lower rate than he currently has. So this will be his third reverse mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing.
1: And, and I guess in his case, the, the, the reason is way the interest rates went down and if his happen. property's gone up in value, then he qualify for more.
2: Property's gone. So his age has gone up. His oh. property value has gone up. The loan to value ratio has gone up, oh, and no. the interest rate has gone down. So he has a lot of reasons to, um, you know, to to endeavor into this. And um, he's he's so funny. He's really a bright guy. At a hundred, he hasn't lost any of his cognitive cognitive abilities at all. He says, "Mary Jo, I'm just planning for a four year timeline." And so most of us have to plan for a 30-year adult at age 100. He feels like planning for four years is sufficient.
1: Wow. And I guess one of the neat things about the high loan to value is since you never have to make a mortgage payment, you can't get foreclosed out of your house.
2: Right. As long as you pay your property tax, homeowners insurance, uh, homeowners association dues, if you have an HOA. And then of course you're responsible for maintenance and utilities, just like if you had no mortgage at all. So you have all the same responsibilities as if you had zero mortgage, if your house was just free and clear, Um, but you get to, you know, access, you know, 40 to 70% of your equity. Um, since the, the proceeds are defined as loan proceeds, the IRS says that loan proceeds are non-taxable. So um, yep. a lot of people, this will help pull them back down to just living on their retired minimum draw, uh, their a required minimum draw for their retirement. And they don't have to take more than that. They can take the rest on a tax-free basis from their home equity.
1: And there's a special situation, if I remember correctly, if uh, somebody does not have enough income the reverse mortgage company will effectively impound for insurance and taxes for a certain period of time. Right. Right.
2: So qualifying for these loans is is fairly easy because you just have to show that you have enough ongoing income to pay your property taxes and homeowners insurance, HOA dues and maintenance and utilities. And maintenance and utilities is calculated at 15 cents a square foot. So that doesn't typically add up to much. And then after paying those things, you have to have about $500 per person left over for basic living expenses. So most people qualify based on their social security. Um, and we can also use the loan proceeds. So if they do a really low social security, but they have a lot of loan proceeds available, then we can use those as a draw on a drawdown basis to qualify them. Um, the reserve accounts come into play when a borrower has been deficient or late on paying their property taxes and homeowner's insurance. Okay. A HUD requires that that we, we have to prove to HUD for them to insure the loan and for us to be able to fund the loan that the borrower has a very, very low chance of defaulting. And of course they default by not paying their property taxes and homeowner's insurance. So um, if they have a history of not paying them, then we would need to take some of their loan proceeds and set those aside into like a reserve fund to pay them for them, pay their property tax and homeowner's insurance for the borrower for their life expectancy. And for a lot of people, they'll choose to do that even if they're not required to, just so um, that annual or, or semi-annual responsibility of remembering to pay them
1: yeah. is now
2: on the lender. And so as maybe their memory starts to get a little less dependable exactly. or if yeah. they want to travel a lot and, yeah. you know, don't want to have to worry about that, then they'll just let the lenders do that set aside. So um, that's optional uh, if you don't, if you're not required to have it. But if because of uh, a history of late payments, if you're required to have it, then um, it would be set up for your life expectancy. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Tell you what, we're going to cut to a first commercial break. When I, when we come back, I want to ask you a question about uh, if somebody lives such a long time that the loan grows too large. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. All right. Uh First of all, I want to make a quick mention here for live life at the Mount View Hotel in Calistoga. Every afternoon, enjoy vino and vinyl wine tasting, and on Friday, Saturday, and uh, excuse me, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, join them for dinner and a movie on site as they've remodeled the location to accommodate uh, the outdoor movie theater. And when you're ready for a change of scenery, make yourself at home at the Mount View Hotel in Calistoga, making memories for a hundred years. That's the Mount Hotel com all right our first trivia question and again remember mary joe if you know the answer don't say anything until we get okay. back all right what were most pennies made out of in 1943 all right that's our first trivia question call uh 888-912-1190 the first caller with the correct answers going to win that tanning certificate stay with us you're listening to the best of investing don't touch that dial. we'll be right back
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to the best of investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest. guest, Mary Jo Lafay, who is a reverse mortgage specialist. Both Mark Hoff and Nam Fawn are off today. Uh, let's first go to our first trivia question. Uh, it, what were most pennies made out of in 1943? Do you know the answer to that, Mary Jo? Uh, silver? I don't, I don't know. No, no uh, steel.
2: Oh, really? Uh,
1: it's, it's when I think it was the only year that they made steel pennies because uh, they needed the other uh, for the war, they the need war. other uh, right. metal for that. It's kind of, kind of a different kind of question. It's
2: impressive that they were making them at all, really.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> of course, now they wouldn't necessarily need pennies because of the inflation, right. you know, the nickels and dimes. Okay, a uh, quick question for you on uh, the reverse mortgages. So what happens if you have uh, – like when you're – let's say that your client who turned 100 – Let's say he was 70 and he had um, first taken out a reverse mortgage. Um, I'm not sure what the life expectancy is for a 70 year old for reverse mortgages. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? I think it's around 86 or 88. Okay. Let's say he hadn't refinanced. Right. He lived past 88. Right. Uh, I mean, at what point, if he just kept taking money, would he have exceeded? That was—we don't know if the house would have gone up in value.
2: Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, in in California, it's pretty hard to yeah. to uh, for interest to accrue and surpass your appreciation because the interest is accruing on a debt that's much smaller than your home value is. So, yes. if your home value is a million and you qualify for a loan of five hundred. You know, and most people don't take it all at once, although you can. Um, but let's say you're taking, you know, fifty thousand or a hundred thousand a year. Um, even if that is accruing at four or five percent, and your home value, you know, the average appreciation in, in Marin County for the last sixty years has been about eight percent. So if you've got eight percent accruing on a million and four percent accruing on five hundred thousand, it's never going to catch up. You know, you're you're actually increasing your equity each year. And the
1: interest is not compounded right it's simple interest
2: no it is compounded
1: it yeah. is compounded yeah.
2: so the interest okay. on your loan is compounding and the um, appreciation on your house is compounding True. the growth on your investments is compounding so we kind of live in a compound world unless you have like a loan from the county or something or sc- i think student debt might be simple interest
1: gotcha um, um, i guess you, and you have you always have the choice of paying the interest
2: you can make a payment of any amount at any time.
1: Okay. So if you do that, then, then it wouldn't compound because you could theoretically right. exactly. just keep, keep it the same. Yeah. and okay.
2: And some people will do that. They'll get these loans, not because they don't want to make a payment anymore, but because they don't qualify for a conventional loan. Um, and so they'll, as long as they're working, let's say they're 62, they get the reverse mortgage and they wipe out their conventional loan. So they're no longer required to make a payment, but they're planning to work till they're 70. So they keep yeah. making a payment, but then let's say they get laid off at 67 yeah. unexpectedly because of a financial crisis or a health crisis.
1: Yeah,
2: all they just the next month they don't have to make their payment and they never have to make it again. So they're kind of in a you know a, a really flexible position that way. Yeah. But the loans are non-recourse, so even if somebody does end up owing more than their house is worth, which yeah. probably is more likely to occur in areas with very low appreciation like maybe yeah. the Southern United States or Midwest, you know, that yeah. just don't have a lot of growth, um, then they're not liable for the debt and nor is their estate. none of their other assets are ever liable for the debt. Um, if they're HUD insured loans, HUD will be liable for any deficiency at the end of the loan. If they're um, proprietary reverse mortgages, then the lender will take the hit.
1: Okay. So the worst that could happen is uh, if somebody's house is worth 500,000, yeah, and their loan grows beyond that, all that would happen is the lender would own the house, basically. Right,
2: yeah. The, well, the house would be sold, and then whatever they get for the house would go to pay off the debt. If there's additional money owed, um, the lender just writes that off on their losses. And then uh, they actually have to leave uh, 5% for sale fees, too, so the family yeah. can get stuck with that.
1: Exactly. No, it's, it's, uh, I, I got to think that, especially maybe during COVID, you were probably very busy, I would think.
2: Very busy. Yeah. And a lot of my clients right now are actually refinancing uh, reverse mortgages or conventional loans. And um, so that yeah, primarily I, just because
1: the interest rates have dropped?
2: Yep. Yeah, interest rates have dropped and their home values have gone up. So I have clients that their home value has gone up 500000 in the last two years. You know, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah What's kind of neat for you is it's it's not necessarily a, a one-off type deal.
2: Right. Yeah. You're probably get a lot
1: of repeat clients.
2: I thought when I started this 18 years ago, I thought it would be, you know, because I, yeah. I was in California at the time, so I didn't understand California home appreciation. And of course, you know, eighteen years ago, ten years ago, and today, people still say the same thing. Well, my house can't possibly appreciate any more. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, it's interesting too because you know we're not we're not in a credit bubble. Um, yeah. it would be good. So um, it, it you know it's again it's going to be typical supply and demand right that type yeah. of situation. And,
2: you know, I learned something recently uh, that the millennials are actually the largest group of people ever. They're larger than the baby boomers.
1: Uh, who are so, who are buying?
2: Who are buying yeah, homes? Buying, yeah, and um, then you've got I think about twenty percent of the homes being purchased today are being purchased by large investment funds. So that's uh,
1: interesting. That's,
2: that's adding yeah. a, a lot to the frenzy. Well, you
1: know, I think it took a lo- it took a while for the millennials because their parents experienced the Great Recession. Right. And, and so probably while they were going through that as youngsters, you know, they, they've said, well, wait a minute, you know, I don't know about it as owning a home type situation, mm-hmm. but then suddenly all these houses are going up in value and they said, they don't want to miss the gravy train.
2: And the, and the, and the rates, you know, they they know they're never yeah. going to get a rate like this. So it makes it really a lot more feasible to enter the market when you're paying two and a half percent interest.
1: Uh, and so I, I'm trying to think of like, okay, what are the downsides for having a reverse mortgage?
2: Um, you know, people ask me that. They, uh, that's one of the most common things I get when I do my educational luncheons. Is, it's too good to be true. Yeah. And uh, uh, had a financial advisor attend one time, and he said, "No, it, it's not too good to be true. It's too good to be free, and it's not free. It's a loan."
1: <laughs>
2: and there's interest. Yeah, that's
1: actually very. That, that's that's very good. Yeah, yeah.
2: and it's I thought like, that was that yeah, kind so of uh, highlights the reality of it. That it's just a loan, and it's designed specifically. To help older Americans be able to capitalize on all the appreciation they've, they've accessed and worked so hard for yeah. without having to sell their home if they're not ready. And a lot of people will take out a reverse mortgage um, while, while they're both around. And then when one person passes away, um, if they own a community property, um, oftentimes they're able to get that stepped up basis and sell and save the capital gain taxes. And um, I'm not a tax advisor, so I, I can't give you tax law, but um, that's something to check out. You know, a lot of people don't realize that when one spouse passes, they may be eligible to sell their $4 million house and not have to pay a million dollars in capital gain taxes, be able to keep all that money. So that makes uh, that reverse mortgage interest seem really
1: like a bargain exactly yeah it's very similar to pacific type of money where people say like, gosh this is such a great deal you know you get to borrow money quickly to buy your house and what's the downside well downside is it's a little bit more expensive for the money but when you can make an aggressive offer and not have to move twice there's a lot of benefits to it that actually might save you money you anyway, what we're going to cut to our second commercial break here here's go fast all right how many zeros are there in a trillion that's our trivia question Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, which is, by the way, worth over $100. How many zeros are there in a trillion? All right, stay with us. Uh, you're listening to Edward Brown and Mary Jo Lafay on The Best of Investing. We're going to finish up with Mary and Joe, and then come back and uh, talk a little bit about uh, other uh, financing options.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mary Jo Lafay, our special guest. Mary Jo, how many zeros are there in a trillion? A lot. A lot. There you <laughs> go. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, Now, somewhere between zero and a lot. W- yeah. What number is there?
2: <laughs> exactly. Somewhere between zero and infinity. Yeah, that's right. You want to give an answer to that? Um, how many zeros in a tr- trillion? Let's yeah. say uh,
1: nine. Uh, cl- Twelve. 12. No, okay. so a billion would have nine. Right. Close enough. All right. Um, so Mary Jo, when, just before we came uh, back, you were starting to talk about a certain tax strategy that I think would be very valuable for people to know.
2: Yeah. So there there are actually a lot of ways. And again, I'm not a tax advisor or a financial advisor by any means. So don't take any of this as tax advice, but it is something that you can check out on your own or talk to your CPA about um, that. I've been actually working with quite a few clients that are in a position where they want to sell a highly appreciated primary residence. And there are multiple ways that you can structure um, the sale of a highly appreciated primary residence and combine what they call the 120 one, which is the ability for uh, a homeowner to get between 250 dollars to $500,000 free gain when they sell a house, okay. and that's the IRS Regulation 121. And then there's the 1031, which allows a, a property owner of an investment property to defer the capital gain tax by in reinvesting the money from the sale of an investment property. And so I recently helped a client who had lived in their home for 40 years and they had rented it out for two years ah. because they did that. And there are lots of ways to do it. You don't have to rent out the whole house. Uh, you could have a home office. There are a lot of different um, avenues to, to, to be able to combine the 121 with the 1031. And so they were able to exit a 23 $3 million dollar house, they would have owed between 450 to 500,000 in capital gain taxes. Yeah. And instead, they were able to take that money uh, and defer it by take the defer the, the capital gain tax by investing it into a Delaware statutory trust, ah. which is now paying them 24,000 a year. And uh, gotcha. then they took the $500,000 free gain and used it as down payment money on a new house. And then I funded the rest of the purchase with a reverse for purchase loan. They call it a Heckam for purchase. So now they're in a new home with no mortgage payment. And they were able to invest almost a half a million dollars for future income and avoided about half a million dollars in, in tax. So a lot of ways. It was
1: very strategic.
2: Yeah, it really was. It took a lot of people. We so I brought in uh, the you know the realtor. We uh, told him what we were doing, and then the new realtor that helped them find the property. The we brought in a CPA to vet it and make sure that you know all the eyes were dotted and the yeah. T's were crossed. And then the DST specialist who had actually done it before. Yeah. Um, and together as a team, it just it worked beautifully. The client is so happy, and they got out of an expensive property where they owed a million fifty and that was not going to work for their retirement plan so um was there
1: except for maybe the cost of hiring the accountant and all that was there any downside i'm trying to think of what they are thrilled they're in a newer one level home with a pool and a hot
2: tub on a cul-de-sac um yeah they're they're very happy and Again, because that was almost a year ago that we did that last October. Um, By the time the one year comes around, their home will have probably appreciated a few hundred thousand and we may be able to refi and pull money, more money out for their retirement. And
1: and I guess, and I'm trying to, I'd have to work out the numbers, but maybe the only downside, which really isn't a big downside is that their basis in their new house is not that huge, but who cares? I mean, if they're not planning on selling it, then. Well,
2: no, their basis in their new house is their purchase price, because that wasn't part of the 1031. The 1031 oh. money went into the
1: Delaware Statutory Trust. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's right. Okay. And then
2: what, what I was told, and again, I, I can't verify this because I'm not a tax advisor, but I was told that if their kids inherit that DST, that Delaware Statutory yep. Trust, the the new basis on that will be the value that it's at when they inherit it.
1: Okay, the step-up basis uh, yeah. on that. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, and so we, we, we're, we won't go into too much of DSTs right here because we're, we're not specialists. In, no, in that.
2: definitely not. <laughs>
1: yeah. But it basically, it's just if I understand, it, <laughs> instead of yeah, there being a, a 1031 exchange into one specific property, it's spread out almost right. like a mutual fund. Uh, exactly.
2: Or, because yeah. the problem is, to, in order to do it into another property, they would have had to replace the debt. And they didn't qualify for a new loan of a million 50, nor did they want to be in a position of having that liability. So yeah. the DST allows them to do it. The DST already has the debt and they can just that's assign them whatever portion of the debt they need on a non-recourse basis.
1: Oh, very. Now that's pretty cool. Yeah. I got to say that's pretty cool. And again, I've been
2: wanting to do that for, since I heard about it 15 years ago and I finally, <laughs> finally. How long,
1: DST's been around that long.
2: No, but somebody told me that Allstate used to have a real estate-based annuity that you could do it into, and I don't know if that oh, exists. I don't know how long DSTs have been around. Yeah,
1: I've... I, I, I... Think less than five years, but I again we're not experts in that area, yeah, and we're really we always uh, suggest you talk to your tax attorney and mm-hmm. DST specialist on, on sure. that. All right, um, well, Mary Jo, what uh, we got a couple of more minutes before we have to cut to our next break. Um, anything else you want to share with us about? Uh, but, well, first of all, give out your information because you're a wealth of information oh, when it comes okay. to reverse mortgage. Yeah,
2: you know, I I've been in this field for eighteen years, and I really built my business by offering myself as a, a, a You know, team member to solve retirement income problems. And whether it includes a reverse mortgage or not, um, I have kind of, you know, gained a lot of knowledge by working with all these different professionals. And I'm happy to, um, you know, brainstorm with people and offer any information I have and connect them. I have a lot of great resources. So a lot of times I'll just connect people with the right person and kind of, you know, give them an idea of what questions to ask and what, what specialists they should be talking to. And, um, and then just send them on their way. And I always tell people, you know, I'm, I'm here as your resource, yeah. whether it's, you know, means you're going to do a reverse mortgage or not. I am a compulsive problem solver. So <laughs> I'm always happy to find people find a solution, uh, help people find a solution that really works for them.
1: And give out your information one more time, and then we'll cut to our next break.
2: So I, I work for Mutual of Omaha, Reverse Mortgage in San Rafael. I'm down on 4th Street. My phone number is 415-259-4979. And you can always just go to my website, which is maryjoelafay.com. That's Mary Jo. And there's no E on the end of Jo if it's a female. And <laughs> last name Lafay, L-A-F is in Frank, A-Y-E.com.
1: Very good. Thank you. All right. Here's our third trivia question what nickname was given to mafia boss charlie luciano call 888-912-1190 first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate stay with us the best of investing i'll be right back
0: for more information on today's topic call edward brown directly at 888-912-1190 the best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 am the answer Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mary Jo Lafay. Third trivia question. What nickname was given to mafia boss Charlie Luciano? Oh, gee. um, Charlie Horse. Uh, Nope lucky lucky luciano have ah. you, you ever heard lucky luciano
2: no it? but did he die or did was he lucky and he uh escaped? actually
1: he was deported he's oh. one of the few guys who was deported before he uh had a chance to get well he actually got caught and got deported he was he was one of the earlier mafia bo- mafia yeah. bosses uh but anyway uh okay so let's see here moving on um well i was going to give a, a a deal of the week here for uh, pacific private money as as most people know uh, pacific private money provides short-term loans to people who uh, want to buy real estate um usually the banks can't work fast enough or people want to make an aggressive offer and need a bridge loan um so people uh checked out pacificpivotmoney.com and uh, here's a loan where there was a a, a lady who was an older lady and she owned her property free and clear she wanted to downsize so she wants to sell her property hasn't sold it yet and she actually got a first mortgage uh, of a HELOC on her primary residence but it wasn't enough so Uh, And it turns out she actually has money in um, a brokerage account, but she doesn't want to touch that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to be lending her $500,000 on a property that's worth uh, about a million and a half. And uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than uh, getting a regular loan, but it's going to solve the uh, speed, getting it quickly. And Mm -hmm. also because her income is not high enough she wouldn't qualify for a loan with a bank for this new house, especially since she's getting the HELOC on the old house. So Mm -hmm. all these, uh, a lot of people are in this kind of an interesting situation where, you know, one would look and say, well, of course this person is is a a safe bet, Right. Um, you know, for, and and so from Pacific private money standpoint, you know, they're making a $500,000 loan on a property worth a million and a half. Probably, and and the lady's got enough money to pay cash for the property, but mm-hmm. she just doesn't want to touch her savings. Maybe she's earning enough uh, on her investments her stocks, mm-hmm. bonds, whatever she's got. So, um, so the, on the one side, we have this person who wants to borrow money, and from the investor standpoint, because there are people out there who say, "Gosh, that sounds like a, I'd love to invest in a loan like that." So that's part of a portfolio that Pacific Private Money uh, funds. And it acts very similar to a mutual fund. It's not exactly a mutual fund, but it acts similar to it. And people can invest in, in the fund. And right now, uh, the main fund, which is about $63 million, uh, is paying a minimum preferred return of 7%. And there's no fee to get in. There's no fee to get out. There is a 12-month hold. Uh, minimum investment is 50000 uh, so far, no losses, so they've, they've done a very, very good job. And anytime anybody's needed to get their money out, uh, they just need uh, to give them 30 days' notice after the one-year period, and there's been no problem uh, going ahead and, and cashing people out. Mm-hmm. The interesting question that comes up for people, which is a legitimate one, is, well, what if there are too many people who want to get out at the same time mm-hmm. and there's not enough money in the bank account and there's not enough loans that are paying off quickly because again, most people will borrow money and then they will either refinance with a conventional lender or they'll sell another property to, to pay it off. So the money is constantly flowing into the fund right. and out of the fund. And the interesting thing is that a uh, Pacific private money's fund uh, that's got $63 million. It's uh, spread out amongst, I think, probably close to 70 loans. Uh, they have the ability to sell loans and sell them actually at a profit. So uh, if they need wow. to liquidate, they could always sell like like this, this loan, for example. They could sell this loan to an individual investor, mm-hmm. get cash, and then cash out people who want to get out. So uh, it's even though it technically is not liquid from the standpoint of you know calling up a stockbroker and getting it liquid, right? There's there's so many. This is not. It's not as illiquid as the old days. Right. There's so much money out there that is looking for loans like this. Uh, in fact, they have another fund called the Freedom Fund that is paying uh, a straight 6% interest, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got a $250,000 minimum, and there's no hold on that one. Um, wow. And the reason is because they're able to package loans and sell them to Wall Street, and they do that on a rotation of anywhere to, from two to three weeks. So it's like a conveyor belt. Money goes out, money comes back in, money goes back out again. And uh, the contracts they have with Wall Street are, uh, I think, the 18 months to two years long. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're, so we're, you know, you're pretty sure that the, the big boys, the hedge funds, are not going to renege. Right. Um, uh, on that. But even if they did, again, these are very popular loans that individual investors are knocking on the door saying, please, right. we, we have money. are <laughs> yeah. some people uh, who don't, don't want to invest in funds because they want control. Right. They get that, you know? yeah. I mean, you, when you invest in a mutual fund, you're trusting the manager is going to buy uh, various stocks that will go up in value.
2: Exactly. But
1: that doesn't happen all the time. And so there are some people who say, I don't want to invest in mutual fund because I want to control my portfolio. I want to invest in Facebook or IBM or General Electric, you know, and then sell it at any time. So uh, so there are definitely people like that. And this is kind of the same thing. You're trusting the manager is going to do enough due diligence. Uh, The property is not going to, disappear like a stock might, you know, mm-hmm. with a company going bankrupt, yeah. uh, you know, as long as the properties are, are, are decent properties. Uh, even if they go down in value, they're not going to go to zero. Right. You have fire insurance and stuff like that. And are
2: they mostly in California properties or yeah. So exclusively? Pri- yeah.
1: Uh, primarily California. Uh, they're in the main fund. There are a couple of properties that are outside, but that's only because the borrower has a California presence.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. But other than that, primarily California. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. they also have another fund that is strictly construction loans and that one pays a higher rate of return. But you know, a lot of people understand that, you know, with construction, you have a little bit of different risks than, right. than you would for an existing house. Yeah. That, that one's paying 8%, you know? So they have kind of a, a variety. Uh, one of the other funds that's kind of interesting is, is one where I'm actually one of the managers called the Southwest note fund. Mm-hmm. And you're from Texas, right?
2: I'm from okay. Texas. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's what we're doing. We're buying discounted, Seller carry back notes in Texas paying a paying seven and a half percent fixed no uh, no fee to get in, no fee to get out uh, just give thirty days notes there's no no hold on that. you can uh-huh. almost treat it like a money market now I got to give you the downside downside is it's been so popular that if anybody wanted to invest today, their money wouldn't even get used for about two months. Oh wow um, we're telling them if you are if you can uh, go. If you want to invest in a fund and be sort of, quote, first in line, but know that you're not going to earn anything for about two months, feel free to invest. And we've actually had a couple of people say, you know what, I'm earning 0% in the bank anyway. I just want to get in before anyone else. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. But just understand, you're not going to earn anything for at least two months.
2: Right. It, it yeah. takes a
1: while for us to find those loans.
2: Two months goes by pretty fast at our age, though, right, Edward? That is
1: true. <laughs> and I'm, I think I'm a lot older than you, too. So it goes even faster for some Just
2: somebody. a few years, not a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for, for more information, you go to uh, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Uh, check out the investor uh, page, and you'll see the four different funds. And you can always request information. And uh, we don't have a trivia question, but when we come back, we'll have some closing thoughts on the best of investing. So stay with
0: us. All right. You're listening to the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest Mary Jo Lafay, who's a reverse mortgage specialist. Now, Mary Jo, we have a couple more minutes uh, before we have to cut out for our thoughts of the day. So, uh, but tell us what, what happens in divorce situations.
2: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I actually been getting a lot of calls re- recently. I think uh, the close quarters and stress of COVID, um, yeah. people are filing for divorce, and you know the um, the largest cohort of Americans, or the only, the only segment of our population that has a growing divorce rate these days is people over 50. And uh, surprisingly, Uh, one out of 10 people getting divorced today is over 65. Um, So the majority of people over 65 are either retired, or getting really close to retirement, maybe working part time, kind of scaling back, and, and trying to figure out how their money that they've saved over their working years is going to last them a thirty or forty year retirement, yeah. and uh, so to be splitting the money in half at that age can be pretty detrimental to the um, the cash flow that they're going to experience during their retirement years. Yeah. And what typically happens is one person will take the home and the other will take their retirement assets okay. or they sell the home and you know they each walk away with a little bit of money. Um, but what we've been helping people do is um, the person that wants to keep the home can use a reverse mortgage to access the cash to buy out the departing spouse. Okay. And that way, nobody has to take on a mortgage payment and nobody has to invade their investment portfolio to buy the other person out. So their income is intact Their um, You know, being a homeowner without a mortgage payment is going to remain the same. And then the departing spouse takes the money they got from the, spouse that's keeping the home, and they can use that for a down payment on their new home, plus use a reverse mortgage to purchase that new home, which means they put about half down, the reverse mortgage funds the rest. So now you've got two people that are homeowners, nobody's paying rent, and nobody's paying a mortgage payment, and nobody took money out of their retirement savings. So it's pretty dramatic uh, shift from what happened uh, historically to older people getting divorced.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, if the, let's say, uh, let's say the wife keeps the home, pays the husband with the reverse mortgage, when she passes on, then the husband's no longer involved in that house.
2: Then her, you know, whoever her heirs are, if they had children and uh, she leaves it to her children or the cat or, you know, whoever she wants to leave that money to, the remaining. And and they have,
1: they have how much time before they have to deal with the reverse mortgage?
2: Uh, They automatically get three months and they can refinance if they want to keep the house or just sell it and pay off the loan. Usually there's more than one kid that more more than one heir. So they want to sell it and split the uh, inheritance. But if there's let's say there's one or, you know, they work it out that one ends up buying the house from the estate, then they just pay off what's owed, pay off the other heirs and they get to live there. And if if they're old enough, a lot of times the parents are, you know, 90 or 100 when they're dying. So the kids are in their 60s. So then okay. they can use a reverse mortgage to pay off their parents' reverse wow, mortgage. Wow, that's a good I've point. seen that happen, and um, so it's you know you can you can take one house, and if the heirs are all in their 60s, they can all split the proceeds and and use heckam for purchase, and all become homeowners.
1: That's a better. That's very. Uh... Very smart. Sure. I like that. Christmas miracle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead. If you would, give out your information one more time for people who have questions on reverse sure. mortgages.
2: So the best way to reach me is just through my website. There's a lot of educational information and videos on there. And again, that's mm-hmm. Um If you forget that, just type in Mary Jo Reverse Mortgage Marin, and you will find lots of information about me.
1: Very good. Well, thanks again, uh, Mary Jo. Always a wealth of knowledge uh, on yeah. reverse mortgages. We're going to cut out today. Here's our thoughts for the day. Thanks for having me. Abs- absolutely. What do we, what do you call a wreath made of hundred dollar bills? Uh, thank you. <laughs> Aretha, Fra- Aretha Franklin's. Aretha Franklin's. Like that? <laughs> and, and, um, and apparently I snore so loudly. It scares everyone in the car. I'm driving. <laughs> All right, tune in next week. No, that's not true. I don't, I, I don't snore. I don't snore. And I don't sleep in the car while I'm driving. Yeah, I uh, have not. Just so you know. Okay, oh. I don't want to get a bunch of emails and phone calls. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> just yeah. right out. All right, tune in next week to the Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. Bye-bye. So long.
0: You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM.